everyone. Welcome to episode 99 of the Utah Royals FC show. My name is Lucas Muller, and I'm joined today by Virchow Leonard. Virchow, how are you? I'm good. I'm really good. A bit tired, but good. It just threw me off when you said 99 there. It was like, wow. The show has been on such a journey, and I know that I missed a huge chunk of like 18 episodes the last little bit, but that is wild how far this show has come. Wow. Wow. I need to, I mean, I wasn't on for the first, you know, I'm, I'm a new addition, I guess. Um, I, I kind of want to go back and like re-listen to the first episode and see what that's like. Maybe uh, episode a hundred could just be like a clip show of, uh, highlights of the last. Oh my gosh. Shows. Granted, that would be a lot of work. <laughs> that would be so much work, and with work schedule, that'd be tough. But yeah, actually, um, it's funny because Ryan, Cindy, and I recorded that, uh, and Jake Simons was like, nope, uh, and then we did it again. So there's actually an episode, oh, wow. a full <laughs> episode, like an hour episode that was actually never released. Maybe we should just release that for the 100th episode. You guys can just listen to the first episode all over again. (laughs) A different edition of the first episode. Yeah, the lost first episode. (laughs) Was it, what was wrong with it? Was it content or like audio quality? It was, it was audio quality um, because we actually, if I remember right, we all did it on our cell phones and it was just like a group call. Oh, yeah. And there was just a recorder. And obviously it was our first time doing anything and we were super enthusiastic about it, but really, really, really horribly bad, embarrassingly (laughs) bad. And he's just like, uh, there's a standard that you should live up to. And it's like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. I mean, podcast audio is so hard. I feel like you can just spend thousands of dollars and tons of time learning all the ins and outs. I, you know, I feel like we have a, a, we've struck a decent balance now of it's, it's not unlistenable and that's the goal. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's good, but we're no longer, or like, you know, we're, we're, we're at a point where we don't have to kill ourselves in the audio production process, which is really, really nice. Agreed. Um, well, aside from, um, you know, long lost podcast and audio. Um, there have been actual Utah Royals games, something we have not experienced in forever. Um, so today, uh, you know, we're just kind of planning for this show is to review the two that have happened and then preview the two upcoming games. Um, we'd hope to be super ambitious and basically do like a review after every um, every game, and then we all realized. We're kind of busy. Um, that's really not feasible. So um, we're going to probably stick to the once a week format. Um, but yeah, so Virgil, um, uh, just going in, like, what are your thoughts and how the team is doing? Okay, so there's two, I guess, two main things that really stick out to me. Um, or actually... It's sort of just one thought that all combined together. Um, for the first time since season one, I actually feel optimistic about the team. Hmm. And I know that that's horrible to say because, you know, I can be, <laughs> you know, for a lot of last year, I've been sometimes very vocally pessimistic and other times quietly pessimistic. I just felt like there wasn't a lot of excitement, you know, outside of the first couple games of the season, because it just, and I say this every week, but we really were so boring to watch last year for significant periods of time. Hmm. And for us to go in and to score three goals in the first game and another goal in the second, it's just, it's exciting. You know, uh, I for, because I feel like, in the past, it's been so much just backpassing, just trying to, you know, not concede. And 
once we concede a goal, we're probably not going to get back in the game. I feel like this team can get back in the game once they concede a goal, you know? Yeah. And I think that's huge. I think that there's a lot of confidence with this group. Yeah, I I don't disagree with any of that. I am curious. The the like the win is huge. The win though kind of felt less exciting in a lot of ways, you know, the win over Sky Blue mm-hmm. than that three goal um tie, even though you know, got significantly more points off that win. Um, do you feel any sense of, um, do you feel concerned about just having one goal in that second game? Uh, you know, that's a great question. I was hoping for a second goal, and I really sort of thought that we were going to get it. Um, not super duper concerned. I think that if we don't manage to score in the next game or if uh, we only get a goal and we're not creating chances, then I think there's room for concern, but you've got your Harrington out uh, (laughs) ready to go. Fly over the stadium. (laughs) No, no. You had your chance, Craig. (laughs) (laughs) You get three games and then you're gone. (laughs) No. Um, I think while scoring is great, I think the better metric for something so new in terms of group of players, staff, is whether or not you're creating chances. And I think in that second game, you were still creating chances, even if you weren't putting the ball in the back of the net. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I will get there when we talk about the game. But to me, they created a lot of chances, broke a lot of lines. Um, mm-hmm. in a really effective way and rewatching that game, which I did very recently <laughs> in preparation for the show. Um, it's kind of surprising that it ended one zero, but let's yeah. save that a little bit. Um, so Houston dash really dramatic, uh, three, three tie. Um, Diana Math- Matheson comes out, um, gets that first goal for, for the game. Uh, dramatic, for the opening goal for the game. And then that really dramatic uh, tying goal by King. But um, before that, um, we saw the entire um, team. So the starting 11, the bench, the coaching staff all come out into the field and take a knee. Um, What are your thoughts on that? I thought that was cool. You know, I felt, I felt proud of my team proud of my state you know i don't want to get into super specific details uh about my life but if you know me close enough you know you know that my my girlfriend's a refugee and she's very much affected um and concerned with things and with issues such as you know police violence by being a black immigrant in america um and so that was really validating for me and for my family and for the people that i love to see my team do that yeah, I think I um, I felt a lot of pride to see, you know, the Royals all in kind of solidarity make that statement. Um, I, I really don't want to spend a lot of time talking about this because unfortunately it's kind of been beaten to death. But <laughs> does it feel different to you now that um, Barney and uh, Kelly both chose to stand for that for that uh, Sky Blue game? Yeah, it feels a little performative, honestly, but I mean, I'm still, I think the coolest thing and honestly, the most important thing is whether you kneel or you stand doesn't matter as much as whether or not you're having those conversations. And it's been made very, very, very aware to us that those conversations are having in the locker room are happening in the locker room and people are listening and engaging um, and being open to hearing the stories and the experiences of other people who frankly experience life in sort of a different realm than they do. And so that's, what's important. And if that's happening, then that's good. But yeah, it was a little disappointing. I understand that there was a little bit of nuance to it. Um, just with the 4th of July and with Kelly having family in the military, but 
it it definitely is disappointing you know why are you changing your stance um and the uh twitter stands reaction to it uh has been kind of funny yeah i mean i immediately after that game i left for the mountains to camp what so i didn't really see a lot of the reaction um, oh yeah i'm i mean what? it's so you just have entire you know you just have dozens and dozens of twitter accounts dedicated to like kelly o'hara and Kristen mm-hmm. press and you just have all these people uh just piling on about like how they're changing their account from being like a kelly o'hara exclusive account to like a Lola Bonta account or whatever. And so that was kind of oh. like interesting and entertaining yeah. to see. Hmm. Yeah. That's, that's, an, that's, I didn't, didn't realize that. That's kind of fascinating. Yeah. I wish like if I could get a grant to do a sociological study of soccer Twitter, I would take that up in a heartbeat. I think that that would be so fun. Hmm. Yeah. What, what's, you know, I, I follow Tottenham as uh, I feel like comes up almost every podcast. Um, and I've been to four Premier League games in Europe, maybe five in, uh-huh. in the UK. Um, and what's fascinating to me is the atmosphere at the games feels so much more negative than um, than like an NWSL or even an MLS game, um, which usually feel like mostly up beat mostly like, even if your team is down fans might get quiet but they're not like booing their own own players and things like that whereas maybe it's because i was at tottenham games and sometimes they struggle um <laughs> like it it felt like a pretty negative environment toward from like the fans towards the players mm-hmm. um but it kind of feels like that is a lot more representative online where it's probably easier to act tough than it you know than in stands for games in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just kind of fascinating how. I mean, every if you if you're a fan of a sports team, you're going to feel a frustration with that sports team. Um, it's just kind of fascinating how different people express that. Yeah, definitely. I I mean, I think that if you were on Twitter talking about sports, which you know both of us are, uh, I think you have to be kind of in the diehard category to have a Twitter. Ex- exclusively for sports or Uh and so it sort of makes sense that those types of i guess hardcore conversations and extreme interactions arise there because there is a lot of passion but yeah no i'm i'm absolutely with you in terms of uh it's really cool to see the way that soccer is perceived culturally um and how oftentimes that's incredibly negative um in europe just due to um, the cultural and different class layerings that exist within the game. Yeah. Um. Well, should we uh, jump into the game itself a little bit? Heck yeah! Can we talk about this three five two? Oh man, not once but twice. Like I don't want to jump ahead and spoil what we're going to talk about later, but I think that is fun. I did not think we were going to do it. I really did not. I hmm. uh, do. I wonder if they have been listening to our podcast and it's just been <laughs> going in the air. Like, yeah, we're going to go out with a, with a three, five, two. Um, I mean, if, it, if they're taking tips from us, um, let's start King next time and just see what she can do with this start. Yep. 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 If that happens, we'll know. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that formation change, I feel like, one, suits the personnel that we have pretty dang well. And also, it just lends itself to more attacking fun soccer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think uh, it's really been proven that Elizabeth Ball is perfect for that. Yeah. I think Corsi is like a little bit like, oh, this is different. Uh, but... It's been a, it was a, uh, you could tell it was a learning curve in the first game for sure. Uh, but the mm-hmm. second game, it improved so much. But the key is, and we've said this a couple times, is that, you know, Craig Harrington thinks that you're going to win more games 4 3 than you are 1 0. And he'd like to win those games. So 
we're going to score and we're going to take risks and we're going to get up the field. Um, oh. Now, I think the three five two would be a really bad idea against a team like North Carolina um, or maybe even the Red Stars. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but depending on the opposition and I think just sort of the skill of the roster, I really, really like being able to spread the field with that five. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I'm looking, you know, at the, the dash lineup now, I, it was, you know, race is not going to be a supernatural like left back. Um, and that's fine. Um, but Bowen is definitely great at being a right back. Um, so I think it can slot into a four or five back pretty easily against, um, another team. Mm -hmm. Should that be called upon? But I think you're right that in that first game, people didn't quite know the role that this is a huge departure from what Laura Harvey had the team doing. Um, and not that one's right or wrong, but it's a very different approach to how like the emphasis on defense or not. Um, and I think, you know, this is fun and it was cool to see they didn't lose anything out of that first game. They got, they came away with a point, but in the second game, they were able to really clean up that defense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another thing, actually, another thing that I really like about the three-five-two is that uh, it allows for a little bit of a flexibility in terms of where that three goes. And we know the way that Abby Smith plays goal. You know, uh, in the first season, she made several mistakes, and they all just came about by going too high. Uh, and I think that that may be a natural instinct for her, right to to try and go and get the ball. And we've seen that a little bit. Mm-hmm. in the two games that she started. Um, but I think that having that three flexibility and then that five in front um, allows her to play the sort of the style of aggressive keeping that she likes to play. So I think that it's really advantageous to her um, as well as the flexibility with the five. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um Yeah, so what did you think about um yeah, that first goal? We saw some really good uh, inner work between like Labonta, uh Diana Matheson. Um yeah, what do you want to break that down? Oh, that <laughs> pass from Low Labonta was so good. It was so good. Mm-hmm. Um it was a team goal and honestly, I, and we talked about this last year a ton. We had no idea what was going to happen with Diana Matheson. She had the injury. She left the, you know, Canadian training camp. She was doing broadcast work on Canadian national TV for, and she never came back into camp. She had like re-injured herself. We just thought it was done. You know, we just thought, we just thought it was over. It, she wasn't coming back. And for her to, you know, she's been maybe a little bit less visible in the second game, but she was great. She was phenomenal. uh, And to get that goal, I think that's a, that's a huge confidence boost. And I I saw this on Twitter somewhere. I I, I forget who I can credit it to, but for some of these players and a player like D math is like, maybe you just need a break, you know? Cause we, Mm In the first season, when she was starting a lot, she was playing really, really well. She was energetic. And then the midway point of the season, towards the end of the first season, uh, she just wasn't there or she she was on the bench or I think she may have even been injured for a couple games. It just was not... It was like, oh, you know, we she sort of burned the last bit that she has because she, she is on the older side. So to see her come back and have a game like that is something I did not see coming at all. So that's yeah. really exciting. I mean, I, I think after, yeah, after, at the end of 2019 and honestly through most of 2019, I didn't think she would return to the team. And I was sort of like, yeah, that's fine. Um, mm-hmm. She's 36. I think she's probably the oldest player next to uh, Barney and the, and the squad. Um, but yeah, I loved her performance. I love that she got that goal. I love that she got the first goal for 
the Royals in this tournament. I think that's like such a cool story. Um, because yeah, she's like a legend and you know, in the, uh, for the, uh, for Canada's national team, she's been around the league a lot. Um, it's really, it's really fun to see a player continue can like come back from that kind of an injury and contribute in such a meaningful and important way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you said 36. Yeah. Yep. That's probably second or third oldest in the league. Don't, don't quote me on that, but wow. Well, she's yeah. Born in 1984. So, uh, yeah. Killer. Indeed. Um, so with uh, kind of talking about the formation a little bit, I think one of the things that seemed strangest to me was Gunny. Um, how do you think she she handled kind of being on that back line and the three back? Uh, I think she was asked to do a lot. And I I don't think that that's maybe the best position for her. She's a really great tackler. She's a workhorse. Um, not the most phenomenal passer of the ball. And so I thought that she would be better, but she did kind of look like, uh, sort of, yeah. you know, she, she was definitely the weak weakness on the back line. If you were going to put a midfielder there, I would have put Desi Scott, but obviously that's not available. I mean, even regardless of that though, when you have someone like Vincent, it's still, kind of an interesting choice um and she was hung out to dry i think on one of the goals i think it was the second one i don't recall exactly um but yeah it wasn't great what are your thoughts on that i i just think it's not her natural position i think she's a phenomenal player i mean she i think she's great in the midfield like she's kind of a jackhammer she just you know all energy destroys goes into everything hard um and she's fantastic at that. I, um, you know, that first goal she gets beat on, which is kind of what leads to it. You know, there's all obviously like a big gap in the middle mm-hmm. um, that she's not responsible for, but it's kind of too late at that point. Um, and yeah, I, I think you're right that um, probably a bit of the weak link on that three back simply because, you know, I think Craig is experimenting. I think at one point he said he's kind of treating these at some level like preseason games um, to learn about the team. And I think this is a good learning curve of like, this just isn't where she's best suited. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. How about that Vero goal? Oh, man. So oh. good. So so good i love like a set piece goal like that when you just like get it over and around and into the goal like that is just phenomenal and i think um meg van dyke who's the pr person for the royals tweeted that it was her first goal in utah yeah that sounds right you know uh last year wasn't as strong as like of a season for Vera as we had hoped but that was really surprising to me but i was like thinking back through all the games I was at, I was like, I don't think I remember her actually getting a goal. Yeah. Yeah. She can do both last year. I think the way we had her played, it was just all about trying to play that more playmaker 10 style. But throughout her career, she's proven that. Yeah. She's great from, from the spot. She's, she's, she can score goals in the run of play. Yeah, she's a world class player, and I think we really see that. You don't get to be like Spain's all time leading goal scorer without, without being a pretty special and lethal uh, uh, attacker. Yeah, yeah. It does for seem sure. like last year that she, it just felt like she had to go so deep to get the ball and would try to just carry it up the field. Yeah, and you know that midfield last year just wasn't quite clicking mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know these two games is a really small sample size but it does seem a little bit different already mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah without a doubt it's a completely different team yeah completely different team uh, a fun thing about that goal is so um, Vero is from a 
a, a, I guess a, an autonomous community. I think it's an autonomous community called Galicia in Spain. And so she obviously she has her own stadium there. Um, but there's also a, a men's team called Celta Vigo and they were playing. They're like 17th in the league. And so just on the cusp of getting relegated and there was this beautiful goal in like the 89th minute against Barcelona to tie. Um, and Iago Aspas went around the wall. And I know that Vera pays some attention to that club just because she's trained with them in, in the off seasons, the men's side and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I watched that goal. And then a couple of days I saw the lineup be the same for Vera. And I was like, oh, she's going to go around, isn't she? She's going to go around. And sure enough, she went around. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty cool to see that. Almost the same goal happened twice, just a different direction. Yeah. Was that like at the Buquete Stadium? No, 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 no. It was a La Liga game. Oh, is the this the stadium that's named after her not? Oh, you're right. It's like second or third division. Isn't yeah, it? I, okay. I actually, yeah, I actually think it's fourth division, but it's know. in the same like province. Gotcha. So Vigo is the like La Liga team of the province that she's from. Okay, I see. Yeah, yeah. I've talked to her about um, that stadium, which is pretty pretty cool. Oh, it's so awesome. Um, yeah. So just to run through like the game chronologically, because I don't think we want to spend a lot of time on the Houston goals because they were all garbage and blind luck. And over, uh, I Rachel Daly just she she scores on the rails too much. It's yeah, it's a whole thing. But 35th minute is a Matheson goal. 45th minute, daily goal. 47th minute, daily goal. 46th minute, uh, Shea Groom gets a goal with uh, a, an assist by Katie Stengel, uh, mm-hmm. which is fine. It's fine. She needs to move on with her life. She has. It's whatever. Uh, <laughs> and then, yeah, 82nd minute, you know, at, at that point, in the 81st minute, like I'm taking photographs, I'm thinking, man, it's such a bummer that, you know, they're hosting and they're going to lose their first game pretty badly. Like there's no coming back from this. Then, yeah, that great set piece uh, goal from Vero. And then 89th minute, uh, Zara King, yeah, heads it in beautifully, sends it across the keeper. Um, she can't do anything. It's so cool to see a rookie get that that goal in their debut. Oh yeah, that was awesome. That was awesome. And again, that delivery coming from Vero. Ugh. Yeah. I I feel like this is the Vero that we wanted to see last year and we're seeing it now. Like mm-hmm. I think I'm just trying to accept really good players, world-class players like Kristen Press, like Vero Bocchete might take a little while to settle into a new team and that's totally fine. Um, Mm -hmm. Because press wasn't lights out her first, you know, six or half season here. And then she was really great the next year and Vero, you know, was fine, but not, not the production level that we had hoped. And, you know, in these two games, we're definitely seeing a lot of return from her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Without a doubt. Also, before I forget, if memory serves correctly, that was the, um, her goal, her free kick was, I think, the first set piece goal that wasn't a header in club history. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's. Uh, I'd be fascinated to see that for sure. Yeah. Um, if I'm wrong, tweet at me, but I'm pretty confident that I'm right. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so you put a note in here defensive collapse. What did you mean by that? Uh, we conceded three goals. Yeah. That's not yeah. great. I Yeah, I think we've talked about it pretty thoroughly. Like, it, it does feel like learning a new system, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit of experimentation, a couple of players out of position. And I love that that experiment still meant the Royals walked away with a point. Yeah. Yeah. It... 
is definitely one of the funner draws that I've ever watched in my life. Of watching it was, soccer, it felt like a win for sure. Totally, totally. Um, let's move on the sky blue. Um, another, yeah, another fun game to me. You know, a little less dramatic because you don't have that late equalizer. But um, the Royals take all three points. Um, Amy Rodriguez uh, got the goal with a very assist. Um, first off, you know, we did see a few changes in the lineup. Um, uh, Kate Della Fava, um, excuse me, Kate Del Fava got the um, got the start over um, Gunny in that uh, three back system. Um, uh, Maimon started out uh, as well, um, which meant um, uh, Bowen didn't get the start. Um, what did you think of how they lined up versus um, the first game? I like that we're making changes. I think last year we saw that Maimon was a, was a pretty solid player, and then we didn't see her for half the year. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought that the fact that we still haven't seen Gabby Vincent is a little weird, but yeah, we'll see where that goes. Uh, but I'm all in on us playing youth. Uh, and, you know, Delfava proved that she could hang, so I'm here for it. Yeah. I also, uh, I also really like that they're giving Ray some minutes because she's a good player. Just didn't get her shot last year under Harvey outside of like, I don't know, like seven to thirteen minutes or or something like that. Yeah, she played a little bit, but it was incredibly limited. Yeah, it was. I th- I think just a couple subs in like stoppage yeah. time. Um, and she's she's looking like a threat. Like she's contributing in a meaningful way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, for sure. Uh, I forgot how fast Brittany Ratcliffe is. Yeah. Wow. She opened up a lot of space. Yeah. Yeah. My, my thought of, of her playing this game is she just kept the defense honest. Like she was on them. Let's see what's yeah. My note is Ratcliffe fought hard, kept defense honest. Yeah. She, yeah really put in a good shift for that game. Yeah. That was great from her to see that, mm-hmm. especially because, you know, there are a, a few players that the show has connections and, you know, we could say we're friends with, and she's one of them. So it's really awesome to see someone go through an ACL tear and, uh, you know, not know if they're going to play soccer again. And then you come back and you're not scoring goals yet, but, you're definitely contributing offensively. So that's awesome. Um, I thought Labonta in this game was also really, really awesome. Uh, I think in the three, five, two system, she's asked to cover a lot of space. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really, I mean, it's challenging, uh, but she's so, so so good and i think that she's always been really really good uh and we just we just we just haven't seen it a whole ton but last year she was great this year she's phenomenal uh what an absolute fantastic player she can do so much in her tiny little frame (laughs) with all respect (laughs) yeah she um yeah, playing playing pretty deep in the field. Really curious how, like how Craig chooses to use her if um, Desi is available. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, for sure. Um, so uh, let's walk through um, through that goal. Um, there had been several opportunities um, before. A couple of them being that exact Vero a rod connection where um, a rod is just like pushing that back line and just right on the edge of being offside, but just barely staying on and Vero is slipping the ball through. Um, and there's one point where um, perfect ball from Vero and Amy just slightly, slightly miscontrols it. And then, you know, the chance is gone, but she was in on goal one V one with the keeper. Um, and then that's essentially what happens for the goal. Like there's just kind of another chance of a similar opportunity. Um, Vera plays it. So it's already on Amy's right side and she's able to 
slot it like place it really well just to the keeper's left her right um and that that's the the moment the goal that you know gives utah all three points mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was it was a solid goal like we were talking about earlier that it would have been nice if we would have seen more goals but i will take it and i think it was just a a good shift from everybody i think that sky blue defended a lot better than the dash did and so we sort mm-hmm. of we had to work for our opportunities a, a little bit more but you know i will take that three points any day yeah i mean it's interesting because sky blue did not a- apply a lot of pressure like i agree that they were better in defense um but there's part of me that that seems to think they they kind of gave utah too much control probably more than they needed to it it does seem like you know utah got some good chances simply by being there and pressuring um like that that first you know well only goal comes from um the rails like pressuring and uh ratcliffe is just in between basically blocking off a passing lane and i forget who it is but one of the sky blue players just blasts it at her and then they're able to you know, uh, gain possession and then, you know, Vero gets the ball and, uh, yeah, they get all three points from that. But yeah. Did you feel like, did you feel like sky blue had anything to offer in the attack? No, not really. I, I, I do think the Royals defense was good. Um, it's, it's kind of fascinating with, um, Delfava on one side and Maimon on the same side as her, you know, two rookies and well, I guess Maimon's not a rookie anymore, but younger player, mm-hmm. less experienced, um, making up kind of, you know, a defensive, a significant part of the defense in a way. Um, and they were able to keep a clean sheet. Um, I, I just felt like sky blue had nothing. They were just totally toothless. Um, not yeah. to take away from what the Royals did defensively, but you kind of wonder how that holds up under, you know, North Carolina pressure. Yeah, yeah. It it wasn't a super test by any means, and I think Sky Blue will be a better team once they have, you know, Carly Lloyd and Mal Pugh and make some other acquisitions i think there'll be a stronger squad but play yeah. mid purse somewhere where she's effective yeah that's another big one uh, <laughs> why why is she there i <laughs> yeah uh it wasn't a huge test i don't think the rain will be which we'll talk about in a minute will be a gigantic offensive test either uh i think chicago is where that test will really come which we'll talk about in a few minutes yeah. Um, yeah, I any any other thoughts on, on this game specifically? I just love that we're playing the youngins. Mm. And I call them youngins even though they're like all the same age as me. But Oh yeah, forget how young <laughs> you are. <laughs> um yeah. But like yeah, you're being born in the eighties and you're just one of the one of those youths. You were born in the eighties? Yeah, dude, of course. Everyone was born in the 80s. <laughs> you got me, you got D-Math, like all the people who were born in the 80s. Can we uh, name that the title of the episode, Born in the 80s? <laughs> we should keep it specific to what we're talking about. Uh, um, yeah, uh, I was also excited. I think you mentioned, uh, you know, Ratcliffe being a fan, of, a friend of the show. I feel like we also feel that way about Abby. It was awesome mm-hmm. to see her get a clean sheet. Yeah, yeah, and playing again. Great shout there. Yeah, for really sure. good shout there. Um, yeah, I also think the five subs thing is fun because going back to what you said about the youth, you can start, um, players over Bowen or Gunny, and it's fine because they. They can come in later. They can be called upon if they're needed or needed to see out a game. Um, 
but you give those kids like real meaningful minutes starting starter minutes and they get to control a game and that's mm-hmm. awesome mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. one uh, other thought that because you mentioned bowen uh she played really high up and i know that obviously she's slotting in the midfield compared to you know outside back but i thought that it was fun to see her get so high and start whipping in crosses because that's still a little bit higher up than she plays for the national team. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of cool. And I'm really interested in seeing where that goes. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I like, I'm very much looking forward to Wednesday morning just to see what gets tweaked, what, what kind of, gets kept in the arsenal of how how this team is going to play and honestly that's one of the you know having to rotate and having this you know mini tournament is really exciting because you do get to sort of see the whole roster when last year and the year before it was like you had a a pretty confident idea of what the roster was going to look like each game you know Mm-hmm. Or I guess the lineup. Excuse me, not the roster. But yeah, I feel like my pre- like predicted lineups were getting too accurate towards uh, the end of last year. <laughs> yes, yes. Shall we move over to the rain preview? Yeah, let's uh, let's predict the future. Sounds good. Um, so the rain are an interesting team. They are currently without Jess Fishlock. Uh, and they've taken four shots on target all tournament. I don't. I mean, I don't think they're going to score more than one goal in this game. I hope that that stands true. Uh, they have yet to score a goal, and they have a new coach, and it's it's very, very evident that this does not look like the same team without Flatko. Yeah. Flatko, this is just on the side, was at um, a couple of these games and his credential just says VIP. <laughs> Which I thought was like super funny. funny. Uh, I love how there's a Twitter account for his notebook. All the, these the Twitter accounts are getting out of control. It's kind they're of awesome getting that. super out of control. Uh, but I got, it's really funny. One of them. The oh, you did? One. Yeah. It's so funny. Uh, I like the sun glare a lot. Us Monarchs keep, fans have been friends for a long time. No, I keep meaning to. I need to. I've got some photos that are just only sun glare. Like you can't even make out the field. And I need to like post one and tag them because, man, like those, the first half of those afternoon games are just so rough to, to, to be at because you're standing in 90 degree heat and direct sunlight. But taking pictures isn't super easy during that time either. I bet it's not. No. Um. Yeah. So sorry. Back to Oel Rain. Um. That's crazy. They haven't scored a goal. Yeah. Like. Yeah. I, and they're not even bottom of the table. They're not. They're not. And they. I mean. The thing is, is that they haven't looked super dangerous either. They've just kind of got bossed in in both the games that they played. Mm-hmm. And it's a team that, you know, historically we've been kind of average at. We, we haven't been great at against them. But <laughs> I don't know. In, in last year, they had so many injury problems. And this year, it's so much better for them. But. I just go into this game with a ton of confidence and I'm not really worried. Is that weird? No, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think I feel that too. Like it does feel weird not to be as concerned about the rain, Um, which probably the fact that neither of us are feeling all that concerned means they're going to just destroy. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, I mean, they just, they don't seem to have a lot. Um, and to me, like last season, they were a pretty fun team to watch. Um, it is kind of crazy that 
yeah, I mean, Fishlock is huge for them, but also Megan Rapino. Mm-hmm. It will be, she didn't play a, any games for them last year. Yeah. Like, if you are a Rain fan, you have to feel so frustrated by having that good of a player and then have two years go by without them playing for your club, even if they're on the roster. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like, I, I don't. And just to be clear, I do not want to fault anyone for not participating in this tournament or either. Like, um, like I think Kristen Press is totally fine to not be playing. I think it would be awesome to see her. But like Nadam Noah said today, you know, he's not going to be playing at the MLS's back uh, tournament because that seems like a joke. Just falling, <laughs> like just a dumpster fire that's going down a hill with the wheels flying off it's just a mess um but yeah um sorry i just wanted to clarify i don't fault uh megan rapino for not playing but at the same time it would be it'd be hard to be a fan of that team and like have that player in your roster and not get to see them play yeah absolutely it's got to be really hard i think uh you know, I think one way to to sort of view it is Megan Rapino is has a lot of things that she's very invested in and interested in, whether it be social justice or you know the WNBA with Sue Bird and you know obviously mm-hmm. her her clothing line and a bunch of other stuff. I think that she um she just sort of has other things that she wants to pursue outside of soccer, and so I I I think that she'll get called into a national team camp, but like I don't you know, see her. I don't know if we'll see her in the NWSL again. Cause I think that frankly, she just has proven her worth and wants to move on to other things. And given the state of the league, you know, that's something that you can actually do. Yeah. If you're a superstar like that, cause you know, your salary comes from the Federation. Yeah. But it, again, it, I'm with it, you. I don't fault her. Yeah. It's also hard to, hard to really pull away too many, um conclusions from just how crazy this year is yeah good point good point but yeah no rapino no fishlock as of now uh you know balser's great rookie of the year last year um huerta is great jasmine spencer can do some things so can utah darian jenkins but you don't look at this team and go like oh yeah wow this team is going to score a buttload of goals like it's just not that that team I feel looking at them and I don't know. I think that maybe the rain may not know who they are and Mm. hopefully the Royals will, will and, and can take advantage of that. Yeah. Um, so in the Royal side for this game, um, Diallo should be available. Virchow, if you are head coach for the day, are you, how are you using her? If at all, uh, so here's the thing is that she's been in the country for like less than a week. Yeah. Uh, my understanding is that her English is not great. Um, a good footballer by all means, but I'd like to see her play, but I think that it'd be a little bit too much thrown into the fire to start her. Mm. I would love to see her get minutes in the back end of the game. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like, I I do think just throwing her in would probably be a disservice to both her and the team. Um, super fascinated what she can bring, though. So I think, you know, part of me is like, I, I would love to love to see her start. But I, I would be real surprised if she didn't see some minutes in the game. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if she'll be like an early first half sub. That could be really effective, but I think... You're right. She could come in a lot later just to get some legs underneath her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she hasn't been able to have, you know, uh, the full team training that the Royals have had for so long, well, weeks or whatever it is, but um, she, she hasn't had that advantage. And so she's still coming up to speed with the rest of the team. Yeah, for sure. And uh, the, elevation and altitude difference is huge too i i don't know if she would physically be i mean obviously you know we're we're assuming she's in shape no no one's necessarily saying that she isn't in shape but that's such a big deal to 
you know, come from another country and play in ridiculous altitude and just do it. I think she would be a great like 75th minute sub mm-hmm. to just get 15 minutes and be like, okay, this is what the NWSL looks like. This is what the altitude looks like. This is what the team looks like outside of film and actually being in it and just, you know, sort of get your water or, you know, get your feet wet and then get more substantial minutes against the Red Stars, especially to be that sort of ball winner. Yeah. Yeah, agreed there. Um, Any other thoughts on what we might see in this game? Uh, I'd be disappointed if we don't win. Yeah, I think at this point, you know, if you if you can get three goals when you're you know down, or at least two of them when you're down late in the game, if you can win, keep a clean sheet. Like I think the expectation needs to be, you, you got to win these games, especially, you know, what's I think the biggest surprise for me of this tournament is that the rain and Chicago, two playoff teams last season, have both been terrible so far. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, the Red Stars have had not they I mean, they've probably had the worst schedule in the league. They've they lost to the Spirit, who are a good team this year. They drew to the Thorns and then uh they lost to the Courage. So, it has not been kind to them, uh, especially losing Sam Kerr, but I think that they still have a lot of offensive weapons and a lot of things that they can do. Um I think Kalia Ohio Watt is a player that should start scoring some goals for them. And uh, they've definitely got, I think the talent and the ability to do stuff. It just hasn't happened yet. Uh, I think that will be the first, well, every game's a test, but I think that that will be the real, like, okay, this is a very serious test of the three, five, two. Yeah. To see if it can work and matter in important games. Yeah, I mean, Rory Game said that they were, um, like, they were planning on, um, had planned all their substitutions for the first three games. Um, and so, you know, this game is until Saturday, so we are, or Sunday, actually, so we're, you know, a lot could happen between now and then. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've already played three games, and so tomorrow, not tomorrow, Wednesday, um, will be the Royals um, third game. And so we're going to learn a lot about, about, you know, this team before then, and then, you know, I think we're going to set up some expectations, but Chicago does have a a good little respite. Mm -hmm. That's a game that I really want Kelly O'Hara back for. Yeah, that would be, I mean, I would take her for any of these games. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is true. But that one, I think especially, going into the knockout rounds. Because honestly, I thought that this was going to be, uh, you know, let's just test our players and, you know, see see how it goes. You know, we're probably not going to be a real threat. But after seeing us play, like, you know, we might. I think that if we don't draw a North Carolina or a Portland in the first round, we can, in the first knockout round, I should clarify. I, I, I think that we can make some movement in this tournament. Yeah, I mean, that's the funny thing is, um, I mean, you know, it should be seated, so that could make a big change, but um, you could play really well and then just come up against a team that, you know, you just is, would be real hard to beat. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I do think Chicago has attacking pieces. Um, the Equalizer, they were making the point that prior to Kerr, they were really goal dependent on um, one Kristen press. Um, and so without that kind of star striker, they struggle. Um, and that could be really useful um, for the Royals in this game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, if the Red Stars are going to be successful, they're going to have to, it's going to have to be a team effort in terms of who scores. They're going to have to get goals from several different places, but, like you said, the attacking pieces are there. I think more than any other team uh, that the Royals play in the pre-knockout round. 
uh, I think that they probably have the most dangerous attack, even if they're sitting at the bottom of the table currently. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. Like the spirit are really good. Um, the thorns are decent. The courage has been, you know, fine. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> I'm actually not one of the people that's like hates in the courage, and so I feel. Re- really fortunate that I never was like, I hate North Carolina courage because I get to watch them and enjoy them because they play fantastic soccer and they're so good at it. They're a fun team to watch. And let me tell you, I would trade any single player on this roster, including uh, she who shall not be named um, for Dabinia period. Hmm. Uh, I would kill to have Dabinia on my team. Yeah. She's, I mean, she's an artist. <laughs> yes, so good. Yeah. Um, yeah, what? I think I do think the Chicago game is the game I'm looking forward to most out of these four matchups. Um, you've got the added element of Craig Harrington came from Chicago. Um, Scott Parkinson was the interim head coach. Kind of all thought he was going to get the head coaching job, and then you know he's got Harrington's old job as an assistant in Chicago. So there's some added drama there just between you know uh the coaching staffs at least a little bit um like nothing significant but i think um you know i i I think when coaches are promoted to head coach of a different team from an assistant role they always have something they want to prove so Mm -hmm. despite like I, i would imagine craig would say this is a game like any other game i'm sure there's a part of him that really wants to get a win from this game Oh yeah. Yeah. And like you said, it goes both ways. It'll be uh it'll be a fun game and definitely the one that I'm looking forward to the most. What do you think the Royals need to do to win that game? Mm, that's a good question. I think Yeah, I mean I, I think they need to be strong at the back. Um and so I don't think we're gonna see Gunny again. Um Delfava's on a yellow, so she gets another. She would have to miss a game. Um, I I don't know if she's going to be someone that they think is super important to protect. They The way they would maybe like Corsi or felt like Amy was a little bit more cautious in the last game because she was on a yellow. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would love to see Vincent, uh, you know, get a nod or... Um, uh taylor leach which is surprising that we haven't really seen her oh we haven't have we we haven't seen chesley strother either have we nope um i mean there's i feel like we have seen a lot of players so i don't want to complain about who we haven't seen too much but Uh um you know there's there's a handful of people who have not who have not seen any minutes um and yeah there and within those there are some center back options Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Without a doubt, without yeah. a doubt, and some more ex- experienced center back options in uh, Delfava. Yeah, who I thought did very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, super well. Did not see that start for her coming at all. Yeah, um, but yeah, I think that uh, this would probably be, or I sorry, the game against the rain would probably be the game to sort of see what you know Strother and Leach and maybe even Taylor, Taylor Lytle again uh, can, can do and then sort of make that decision as to what's going to happen going into the Red Stars game. That way you can be at your best to build momentum for a run. Yeah, indeed. I mean, I think that's a great point of if you're a coach, you want to build towards, you know, those knockout rounds. So you're going in confident. You don't want to exhaust early. You don't want to, you know, you want to do your experimentation early on and that way you have a sense of who you are, your group gels, you go in like swinging versus still experimenting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For the first two games, do you have an MVP? Mm. Got to be Vero in my mind. Yeah, I think I think Vero and A-Rod mutually because they seem to be playing yeah. off each other a lot. But Amy Rodriguez has been... I think she's been kind of underrated because obviously she used to be this national team star. She isn't anymore. And she sort of, sort of dropped, but 
I think this year she's been sorry, I don't mean drop in quality, let me quick clarify, but like drop from the media spotlight because she's no longer on the US women's national team. She's obviously consistently been pretty solid for us. Uh but I think even this year, uh I think the media light is shining on her a little bit more, uh just because it's a tournament and so everyone's looking at everyone, but I think also her game has been up just a little bit more. And I think her and Vero are, it's so fun. They're connecting absolutely fabulous, fabulously. Yeah. It's a good yeah, time. Indeed. Um, cool. Well, any other thoughts before we wrap it up? No, I think I'm good. Go Royals. Yeah. All right. Well, we will be back next week. Hopefully, uh, reviewing what happened and we should have an idea of um yeah who who utah will face next thanks everyone for listening